0: On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, we're going to be joined by Ben Beacon of Locked on Timberwolves to talk about this incredible matchup between the Thunder and the Wolves and who will go to Denver on Sunday.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at ThunderousIntentions.com. Rylan Stiles, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel, we're going to discuss this incredible matchup between the Thunder and the Timberwolves and who will be advancing to take on Denver. What you need to know heading into this game tonight in Minnesota with the host of Lockdown Wolves, Ben Beacon, to talk all things Minnesota Timberwolves. This show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Lockdown Today to get started. And Ben, what a ride this has been, especially for you this week. Now, I think that we come into this week with two totally different perspectives uh, on our respective teams, because for you, it's been a whirlwind since Sunday. So take me through what's happened since Sunday afternoon from the Wolves perspective and how much you know kind of stress it is for the Wolves.
1: Yeah, it's very precise, Sunday afternoon, and that's exactly when things started kind of going downhill for the Wolves. Going back a week, the Wolves had lost three in a row. It looked like they might have been in seventh or eighth in the West. They lost three in a row. They kind of had to win both games over the weekend. And so the Wolves were about to enter the playoffs, or the play-in, I guess, on a high, and then Sunday afternoon, uh, the the big story, of course, is first the Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, Tiff on the sideline that spilled into the locker room, Gobert throwing a punch that landed Anderson's chest area, something like that. He ends up getting sent home at halftime of that game, ultimately suspended for Tuesday's play-in game against the Lakers. And then during the same game, around the same time, as that argument between Anderson and Gobert on the sideline, Jaden McDaniels, the Timberwolves' stud defender, you know, uh, like really rising star, gets frustrated, punches a wall in the tunnel leading back to the locker room. Apparently the the word is he thought it was a padded wall. I guess it was, I guess it was a curtain covering a concrete wall. He punches it, breaks his hand. So now there's no Jaden McDaniels, no Rudy Gobert on Tuesday. The Wolves go up 15 on the Lakers and have a lead for the majority of that game. Then they send it to overtime after being down three with less than a second to play. And then they lose to the Lakers anyway on Tuesday. So now here we are. The Wolves have backed into the, I guess the, the, well, I don't know what the name of this game is, but the, the play-in game for the eight seed. The Thunder on the other, other side, uh, flip side of things, really are, have nothing to lose. The Timberwolves thought they'd be a top you know, five seed in the Western Conference this season. So absolutely different perspectives, I'd imagine.
0: So I want to ask the most important question first, after we got kind of the lay of the land in Minnesota, from someone who covers this team every day, watches every game and, and, and does great work on Lockdown Wolves. I know he's questionable right now, but let's just assume he plays because it's the postseason. It's a do or die game. Is there any truth to the narrative that the Timberwolves are better when Rudy does not play or is that just kind of like a meme that's gotten spiled away way out of hand?
1: Yeah, I think I I I would say it's it's the latter. Um I think at this point like the conversation shouldn't be did the Wolves overpay for Rudy Gobert? That's a different conversation. I think I think nationally those two things kind of get um uh I don't know. They're they're they kind of get muddled, right? So the Wolves are definitely a better team with Rudy Gobert. They play a little bit differently, and it also depends a little bit on the matchup. So what I was saying on on Lockdown Wolves earlier this week was: uh, on Sunday, the Wolves are losing to the Pelicans. Gobert gets sent home. The Wolves end up winning that game. They're great in the second half. They play much better defense without Rudy. That was more due to the way that the Pelicans play, and and the way that New Orleans, uh, who you just saw the other day, you know they they kill you from the mid range. You know just the way that they play is is meshes well for them and poorly for the wolves with how Minnesota wants to play defense. Plus Rudy Gobert has a back injury and apparently was, would have been iffy to play Tuesday anyway. So he wasn't moving well on Sunday, the second day of a back-to-back. So, you know, matchups matter certainly. And there's times when the offense flows a little better when Rudy's off the floor, but Tuesday, this is a big topic of lockdown wolves on Wednesday for me was the wolves could have used Rudy Gobert on offense because, the Lakers just ended up keying in on Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, Anthony Edwards had a terrible game. You needed somebody who could at least be that presence down low, have some gravity and pick and roll, you know, offensive rebound when the team, the, the Wolves didn't make a field goal in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter on Tuesday against the Lakers. Their only points were three Mike Conley free throws with 0.1 seconds left. So the Wolves are better with Rudy Gobert unequivocally. Now he is questionable Friday and, and Chris Finch was, you know, maybe he was just playing coy a little bit, in media availability on Thursday, he said, you know, I really don't know if Rudy's going to play. I hope he does. Um, apparently he, he is a bit iffy right now. So, um, you know, we may not see, we won't see 100% of Rudy Gobert on Friday, but hopefully he plays.
0: Yeah. I, I do think that there is something to that about gamesmanship because th- that's right. The, the wolves play entirely different without him. Uh, and, and we just clarified if it's better or worse, but that means that the thunder, a young team has to have two different game plans ready to roll at tip-off for if they announce he is or is not going to play uh, in this game on Friday. Now, you talked about their defense and what the Minnesota team was like to do defensively and, and how the Pelicans kind of messed that up after Rudy got out and, and whenever he was in. What is going to be the game plan for them against SGA? Like, now that you've seen all the injuries that has compiled for Minnesota, who's going to be you? using the primary target on SGA defensively? And what's going to kind of be their uh, their MO in this game?
1: Yeah, I mean SGA played in uh three of the four games against the Wolves this year. And I believe he scored thirty plus in all three games uh in the regular season. And the I guess the Wolves, the Wolves won three out of four total. So they won two out of three when SGA played. But the Wolves did not slow him down when they had Jaden McDaniels on the floor. Without Jaden McDaniels, I, it's it's very likely gonna be um I mean, Torrey and Prince will probably start. I would think Prince start well, actually. Yeah, no, I think Torian Prince will probably start at the three for the wolves. He'll probably get the assignment. Kyle Anderson may get called upon as well. Um, those were the guys that primarily guarded LeBron on, on Tuesday in the play Um, There aren't too many other options for the wolves in terms of perimeter defenders right now, unless they want to dig really deep into the bench. So I think it's primarily Torian Prince. Um, and I, I, you know, I think he hasn't been great in general this year as a, as a primary defender when they've asked him to kind of step in and, and help McDaniels um, or, or help, um, you know, Anthony Edwards. I mean, I guess Edwards is another option. I'd be a little surprised if they ice, if they just said Ant go guard um, SGA, because you can't get him into foul trouble um, SGA is big enough and physical enough. I, I don't know that that's the answer, uh, but Edwards will certainly be in the mix. I, I just think it'll probably be a primary Torian Prince assignment, which certainly makes me nervous but, I mean, from a Wolves fan's perspective, I think it's, you know, guard SJ make somebody else beat you, right? And that's essentially what the Wolves tried to do earlier this year against the Thunder, and it worked three out of four times um, for them. And nobody else on the Thunder really was able to step up at the time, but you take Jaden McDaniels out of the equation, and the Wolves are down, you know, one of their best defenders.
0: That is true, and, and I think that it's interesting to note how different both of these teams are From the regular season because the Thunder and Wolves have not played since December and both these teams have gone through a ton of changes in that time frame. We're going to get that coming up. But first, the Nissan's most electric player of the week brought to you by the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria is going to be Lou Dort for that. Offensive outburst on Wednesday. It's hard to choose between Lou Dort SGA and Josh Skitty. They all were great in that play-in game, but Lou Dort's electric first quarter helped the Thunder get over the hump and, and and stay in that game long enough to outlast the Pelicans on the road in a play-in win. He was stunningly powerful, he was fierce, he was brilliantly electric. Go check it out today. It's a 2023 Nissan Aria. It packs a pin to your seat punch with premium intelligence, all in one EV, all new, all electric the 2023 nissan aria shop now at us at, at nissanusa.com that's nissanusa.com we're back on locked on thunder with ben beacon of locked on wolves talking about this great matchup between these two teams uh, you can go check out locked on wolves anywhere you get your podcast from including on youtube just like we are over here ben with the everydayers that listen to our show, they know our opinion on our own teams. But one thing that they might not know is kind of how the other uh, side of the aisle works. Now, if Thunder fans were just now tuning in to postseason action, because for a couple of years it has not been relevant to Oklahoma City, if their first taste of Anthony Edwards in the postseason was against the Lakers, reassure them that that's not who he is. Because we've, saw, we've seen him whenever the lights are the brightest play some of his best basketball. It just was not his night on Tuesday. Can you contextualize why that was and, and why I think we both expect him to have a great game tonight on Friday?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he played extremely well last year in the playoffs against the Grizzlies uh, when when the Wolves took Memphis to six games and, and he played well in the play in last year against the Clippers and and that win uh, and in big games this year, he typically does rise to the moment. There's a couple of things that I think played into it. Um, he's been a little bit banged up and a little bit under the weather uh, of late. Um, and then Tuesday he got off to a bad start. Don't get me wrong. Like the, like the first part of the game, he did not play well. Uh, but then, but then in the third quarter, I think it was, he, he went for a pump, an Anthony Davis pump fake kind of spilled over his back, landed on his shoulder and head went back to the locker room, came back later with some tape on his shoulder. And apparently after the game was icing his hand as well. And, you know, everybody's banged up and injured at this point in the season for sure. But certainly that had something to do with it. And, um, you know, he just. It was, it was very weird though, for, uh, you know, I was talking to a couple other people who cover the team and, and it was uh, like, it's just his overall persona just felt different. Like it wasn't the, the joyful, confident, exuberant Anthony Edwards, even when the wolves were up in that game, it just, something seemed off and, and, you know, there hasn't really been anything else, any real reasoning behind that. Uh, he was asked on Thursday, you know, what needs to happen for the wolves to win Friday. And he just said, I need to play better. So, um, he obviously plans on playing Friday. He's going to play. I think he will play better. We just saw on Sunday uh, against New Orleans in the last regular season game. I think he was two for ten at halftime. Had six points at halftime, and then finished with like a crazy, like twenty-eight uh, career-high, thirteen rebounds, like four steals, four blocks. It was just like this crazy second half that he put together after a bad first half. So, like with a lot of really good players, electric players, um, you know, that can change on a dime. So, uh, you know, Ant could very well come out guns blazing on Friday and have a fantastic performance. I think it's far more likely that that happens than that we get a second consecutive dud from Ant.
0: So you mentioned that the everyone's kind of banged up right now. Take us through the last week of of Wolves basketball, because for the Thunder, they've played one game in the last week with their regular players because they did not play in the season finale on Sunday. Uh, The last time that these guys played was Thursday against Utah for the last regular season. Then they played, of course, Wednesday against the Pelicans. But between last Thursday and tonight's game, they'll have played one game uh, as a cohesive unit. So they're pretty well rested going on the road. Minnesota. Is that the same case? or is it totally different for Minnesota uh, on the flip side?
1: It's it's different. I mean, the, the slight advantage is that the Wolves haven't played since Tuesday. So they at least get two consecutive off days, or I guess three days in between games. But I mean, last week after the Wolves lost three in a row, they were a game under five hundred. They I mean they were in in the playoffs at that point, but they had to close the season strong in order to not fall into the nine-ten range. Of course, now they're they're in that same area because they lost to the Lakers, but They played all their guys, you know, last Tuesday against Brooklyn. They played everybody on Saturday against San Antonio. And then 24 hours later, they had a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday, had Monday off, and then played in L.A. So they played three games in four days earlier this week. And, you know, Gobert was suspended and, and missed Tuesday's game. Everybody else played. Um, And going into Friday against the Thunder, Gobert is questionable. I would say he's truly questionable. Um, Towns is listed as questionable. He's going to play. I believe Jalen and Wells also listed as questionable. And he played on Tuesday for the first time in in almost three weeks. So uh, for the most part, the Wolves on paper should be healthy, assuming Gobert plays. Um, Well, and that's obviously excluding the Jade McDaniels broken hand we talked about earlier. And also Nas Reed, who's probably one of the best two or three backup centers, if not the best backup center in the entire league he fractured his wrist uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he's out likely for the season, certainly for the next couple of weeks, if the Wolves are fortunate enough to keep winning. But um, yeah, so no Nasri, no Jade McDaniels. It's a, it's a much thinner Timberwolves depth chart than, than what we would have seen just a couple of weeks ago.
0: So what is the pressure on this Timberwolves team? And, and you mentioned how things kind of felt a bit different on Tuesday uh, for this otherwise lighthearted group. What, what is the expectation level? Like what, what would be the fallout had you, if you lose on Friday to Oklahoma City? Because on the opposite side of that for Oklahoma City, they have nothing to lose and only everything to gain. If they, if they lose Friday, there's going to be people lining up at the airport to greet them back home. There's going to be standing ovations. It's going to be a, a wildly successful season where they got a lot accomplished in this year. But what is it going to feel like for Minnesota to play a must-win game at home uh, in, the, in this kind of environment?
1: It's amazing how quick that changes, because I mean, I mean, 12 months ago, the Timberwolves were in a similar situation to the Thunder, Uh, you know, maybe the the Wolves timeline was already accelerated a little. They weren't expected to compete really for a playoff spot at all this year. Last year, the Wolves thought they'd be in the mix, but then, you know, they were kind of playing with house money a little bit after they won that first play in game. And uh, everyone was so excited about this team. And then they pulled a big Gobert trade off in the offseason. And that really accelerated the timeline. And that's what leads to. Like if the Wolves lose on Friday, the 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 season post mortem is not fun. Um, I mean, new GM in the offseason or new president of basketball and Tim Connolly, he pulls the trigger on the you know, the five picks, including Walker Kessler, one of the best rookies in the league, uh, plus Malik Beasley, plus Jared Vanderbilt, all that going to Utah for the Gobert trade. And, you know, Gobert's a walking top ten defense. You assume the Wolves won 46 games last year. So the assumption was I thought they'd win 50 games easily. Um, I mean, like, you take a team that was already good in a in a tough Western Conference last year, and 46 wins this year would have had them even higher um, in the standings. 46 wins a year ago, you assume they're going to improve. Instead, they lose Towns for 52 games in the middle of the season. Gobert isn't really himself until probably about February, and he's played well over the la- last few months, but it took him a little while. Maybe it was Eurobasket last summer, whatever it was, um, to acclimate. And the Wolves only win 42 games. So you, you spend all that capital to get Rudy, and you drop drop four games in the standings year over year, now the expectations, like, already, unless they somehow, unless they win Friday and then win in the first round as the eight-seeded upset, you know, the, the one-seeded Nuggets, um, this is a disappointing season. And, and that's the difference, right? The Thunder have literally nothing to lose. The Wolves, unless they do this incredible thing of winning the play-in and then beating the one seed the season's already a disappointment. Like, there really is no upside. Um, it just is less, slightly less, you know, uh, devastating of a disappointment. I mean, if they lose both playing games and that's the end of the season, it's, like, I don't think Chris Finch gets fired, um, but it's not pretty. Like, there's already some some grumbling and rumbling in, in, in the Twin Cities about, like, hey, you know, what's going on with Chris Finch? Why isn't the Wolves' offense better? He's supposed to be an offensive guru. They finished, like, 23rd in offense this year. Uh, it's it's not going to be fun if the wolves lose on Friday.
0: It is not going to be fun, Ben. I appreciate your time, and I'm going to have to ask you for just a little bit more of it because I got a few more questions for you uh, about this matchup. But I do have a question for you also about our good friends over at Bilt Bar because Bill Bar is a fantastic, delicious snack uh, that has incredible uh, macros to it because it's great pre workout, post workout as a mural placement or as a snack, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar as hundred percent chocolate on the outside. It not only tastes great, but it is good for you with all this protein in it and, and everything else. And they have a billion different flavors from cookies and cream to, to cherry Barsia to uh, anything you can dream of and, and new flavors all the time, like cookies and cream puffs uh, and uh, cookie dough strip bars brownie batter chunk and my new personal favorite is snickerdoodle chunk puffs uh, and these are 160 calories 15 grams of protein check them out today by going to built.com using promo code lock 15 or pick them up in your local sam's club or walmart bin. what is your favorite built bar
1: i'm gonna go cookie dough chunk i actually just ordered some today i also ordered some of the cookies and cream puffs which i have not tried yet but uh pretty excited anything cookie dough anything you know cookies and cream puffs or regular bars they're all amazing
0: all amazing over there at built.com promo code lock 15 we're back on the lockdown thunder podcast on lockdown podcast network your team every day both of us will have recap pods coming up tonight after the final buzzer i've uh, beacon over at locked on wolves myself right here locked on thunder ben uh thank you for all the time you're giving us but there's just so much to talk about from this matchup and we're going to do a little home and home here so if you want to hear the thunder's perspective on this go check out locked on wolves today as well Ben, what are the three things that you look at in this matchup and say i love the timberwolves advantage in these areas
1: yeah, I thought you were going to go the other way. What 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 things that worried about? I I you know the size, obviously assuming Rudy Gobert plays, the Wolves have a massive size advantage. On the flip side of that, they haven't actually taken great advantage of that in the earlier games of the season against the Thunder. The Wolves, as you mentioned, it's been literally 4 months since we've seen these two teams play. The Wolves did win three out of four. Uh, one of them when SGA did not play early early in the season. Um, but the rebounding advantage was very slim for the Wolves over those four games. I think they actually only won the battle two out of the four times, maybe three, but it was very close. Um, And the Thunder are a good offensive rebounding team. Even though they're not a very big team um, in terms of size, they were 13th in offensive rebound rate this season. So uh, while I do like the Timberwolves size advantage, and I think that Rudy Gobert, which by the way, Gobert, when he played, was very good against the Thunder this year. He should have a big game, um, even though he's banged up. So I love the size advantage. I also like, um, that the Timberwolves, I, like offensively, they've got more pieces that should be able to like take over a game. Right. And, and we, they always say about playoff games, you need somebody who can do that. Like anything can happen. If somebody gets extremely hot, you could say that about Ant. you could say it about Carl Anthony towns, less so about Rudy Gobert, bear, but he could be dominant enough against a team that he's got this big of an advantage against uh, size wise that perhaps he does take over the game on both ends of the floor. You just it feels like there's more lottery tickets if you will for the wolves than there are for the thunder. I know Lou Dort played really well the other night. Generally speaking, I think I think we'd probably agree SGA is the guy. For the wolves, you've got a couple that you could at least look at. So the I mean those are the two biggest things. Um I also think experience and I feel like that's kind of a like a I don't know. It's a, it's a wishy-washy thing and and can be, you know, we could use it conveniently like on the one hand, the Thunder nothing to lose. On the other hand, they're, what, the, I think the second youngest team in the league. Um, and the Wolves aren't anymore. Like, Ant's very young, but, like, I don't know, everybody, Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley, they've got a bunch of guys who have playoff experience, have been in multiple playoff series with multiple teams. So in theory, these guys should be more comfortable in a winner go home game than some of the guys on the Thunder roster. I tend to believe some of that gets negated by the whole nothing to lose or playing with house money, however you want to frame it. Uh, but in theory, the the big game experience, the playoff experience, the veteran edge should go to Minnesota.
0: I think that Minnesota is battle tested, like you said, across multiple teams, which means that you have players that have experienced multiple things. Um, in, in the sense of uh, Michael, you know, uh, Conley and, and and Rudy with Utah being a top dog, number one seed in the West. Uh, Slow mo with Memphis, a young up and coming team with a young superstar who's been through uh, a lot, you know, in John and has seen. Great playoff games. Has seen playoff games where you want to forget them. Whatever. Maybe he can help you know uh, Ant through through what happened on Tuesday. So that helps a lot as well. Uh, but I am very interested to see Rudy in the postseason. Now, do you think that since Jalen Williams out of Arkansas is a forty percent three point shooter and he laid some good screens on on Wednesday, surprisingly um, for, for for what he did against Valanciunas? Do you think that there's any way that the Thunder play this? space you out, pull you out from the rim from Rudy and can actually use that as an advantage? Or do you feel comfortable in Rudy's ability to play in space a little bit with Jay will and then recover and get back to the rim and and harass SGA if he does play? I
1: I think it's, I think the Thunder will certainly space things out. And, and I guess that is the counter to the size advantage I talked about. It's what we saw a lot of teams do to Utah last year. And, and, and prior to that in the playoffs, it's how Utah got knocked out of the second round frequently. Um, his teams were able to do that with success. And, you know, that worries me a little, especially because Gobert's got an injured back now. Like, I mean, he he wasn't moving well on Sunday. And that was in part what what spurred the argument between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert is because Rudy wasn't rotating quickly on defense. He wasn't getting there to block shots, he wasn't grabbing rebounds like we're used to seeing. So you add a sore back uh, to the equation when the Thunder are trying to space the floor and trying to pull Rudy out of the paint. Um, you know can the wolves like yes that's a that's a, a the right way for OKC to play this can then rudy use his size advantage on offense can the wolves at least somewhat cancel that out and then at the end of the day like you have to you have to give something up to get something right or however you want to say that right you have to you have to borrow from one area to be better in another and then hopefully you know hopefully the thunder miss some threes hopefully the wolves uh, are able to take advantage on offense with rudy um and then the other thing is when the Wolves play smaller, when when Rudy takes a rest and perhaps he plays less minutes with the back, who knows, um, then it's a little bit less effective of a strategy because then you still have to deal with Carl Anthony Towns, um, who's more mobile at this point than Rudy Gobert, even if Gobert is the better defender. Um, but then, of course, on offense, Towns can play in and he can play outside. So uh, I think, yes, that's what the Thunder will do. And it does worry me a little bit. The hope is that the Wolves are good enough in the paint, good enough on the glass, good enough with him offensively that it kind of negates some of that advantage that the Thunder might otherwise have.
0: Who? How comfortable do you think that that Minnesota is in going to a zone defense? Like have they used that a lot? Do they execute that very well? Because that's been a formula that's given OKC some trouble throughout this season.
1: They don't do it often. Um, They've, they, they've done it a little. It's been a while, though. They don't mix it in very often. Um, there, there's been a handful of matchups this year that they have, and I don't recall if they did it against OKC early. Again, it's been four months um, since these two teams have played each other, which is crazy, uh, but they don't do it often. Uh, they, they play zone very infrequently. Um, but I mean, with no Jaden McDaniels and with guys that are still long and athletic like Anthony Edwards and Torian Prince and, and, um, you know, Kyle Anderson more long than athletic, but, uh, you know, savvy a- anticipatory defenders, perhaps they try it. If that's something that the scouting report says the thunder struggle with, um, you know, the thunder at the same time are a fairly, you know, willing three point shooting team, right? So uh, they shoot a decent amount of threes and they're pretty middle of the road in terms of percentage. So that would make me nervous. Um, it's interesting that they've struggled against it this year, but I, I, I could see Chris Finch trying it um, if, if the Thunder have struggled, struggled with it.
0: Last one for you, Ben. Is there any noticeable late arrival to your rotation since these two teams have not played since December? I remember that last game on December 16th, uh, Austin Rivers Went off twenty points, and he came down the hallway in the paycom center. He was screaming. He said he had to see one of those and go down, and he was he was excited after that game. And, and he got picked for media availability. He was excited after that game, and, and he didn't play on Tuesday. So, like, is there any like noticeable changes to these rotations that Thunder fans might not be expecting uh, come tonight that we didn't see early on, like the Thunder, you know, Isaiah Joe's emergence, and, uh, Aaron Wiggins's emer- emergence in the rotation? Is there anything different about Minnesota, you know, beyond just? if Rudy does or doesn't play and beyond just these injuries.
1: Not really. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is the injuries, right? So Nas and, and, uh, Jaden McDaniels being gone, but the solution at least against the Lakers was to play Kyle Anderson as the backup five. Um, so instead of Nate Knight played a couple of minutes, didn't go well. He didn't play in the second half against the Lakers. So you might see Nate Knight at backup center, but that would, I think the wolves will try and limit that. And if Rudy plays, he may not play at all. Um, you know, that's kind of it. Jordan McLaughlin missed, I think, maybe two of the Thunder games. He was out for a long time with his own calf strain. That was the same injury Towns had. He did not play well against the Lakers Tuesday at all either, and the Wolves may just not give him backup point guard minutes. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty limited rotation. Pretty much the same guys, minus Nas Reed. Now, I guess the Thunder only saw Towns a couple of times earlier this year, too. Um, So in terms of like the last time the Wolves and Thunder played, so much has changed, but in general it's like the same 8 or 9 guys you're going to see. Austin Rivers has not been in the rotation in quite some time. I don't think you'll see him um unless unless they decide like hey, you know, we're down defenders, he can play a little defense. I think he's undersized to, you know, say guard SGA, but um we'll see. We'll we'll see. I think it'll it'll probably be a pretty similar rotation to to what we saw against the Lakers on Tuesday.
0: And I appreciate all the time that you've given us. I won't ask you to officially predict the game because I think that we both have respect that this game can, can go either way. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in the Wolves' ability to get one at home and then go to Denver on Sunday?
1: I'm going to say 8. I, I also thought the Wolves would beat the Lakers on Tuesday. And they, a lot of people weren't giving them a chance. And they should have won on Tuesday. Uh, they should win this game at home Friday. I, I'll, I'll give it an 8.
0: Ben, thanks for joining us. Again, the Thunder Perspective will be on Locked on Wolves at this very time. So go check that out as well. Ben, appreciate it. Thanks, Rylan.